welcome to today's podcast. Um, it's the same day. They don't know that. They don't know. <laughs> nah, welcome to another podcast with Marcellus and Junior, Bible Studies with Marcellus and Junior. Today, yep. we're talking about environment. Uh, should you let it shape you? Fishing, what does it mean to fish for people? Why is it significant? Uh, when should you do it? When should you not do it? Um, how should you be aware of it? Right, and we're going to include our experiences and our like input on things we hope you guys can relate and if you have other ideas and suggestions drop them below right these questions are also for you guys yeah um to think about consider we're just here to share share our our spiritual growth right you know right we're no experts we're no per we're imperfect right and we're just here to raise conversation yeah that's it let's get to it brother also we might introduce the pharisees Possibly. Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> Alright. All right. Uh-huh. So, are we starting on environment or fishing? You good? I'm good. <laughs> environment or fishing? What do you think comes first? Do you think? I feel like the environment comes first. Okay, let's start with the scripture about what we mean about environment. Even chronologically. Okay, bro. Let's you know just what I'm saying? Envi- like, let's just read environment. Like, <laughs> environment is first, right? Environment's in Genesis, and then fishing is in Matthew. So, let's just stick with the Bible. <laughs> what else are we reading? <laughs> you right. Genesis chapter. I'm Damn. just saying it. Let me. <laughs> Genesis chapter 19, verse 14 is where we're gonna read. Well, 14 to. Because I highlighted a lot. I bet you did. Um, Fisherman? <laughs> um, 14. We'll read from 14 to 17 and then skip from 23 to 26. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all addressed. So we're going to read Matthew we'll chapter 1, Gen- verse 16. Can we finish Genesis? Matthew first? verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 17, and then Luke chapter 5, verse 10. We, we were going to. They all address fishing. I just, like, I just didn't know, all right? Like, let me know. <laughs> Can we read? Let me find out what page <laughs> I'm on, bro. Like, are you still not there? Nah. Oh my bad. That's what I'm telling you to wait. Take your time, bro. I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, are you good? Bro, bro, bro. bro, have you ever? Thought Can we get to the word? Right. I'm kidding. What were you about to say? Nah. <laughs> have you ever what? Nothing. What does God say about being angry? I'm not angry. <laughs> if I was angry, I would reach over that table, bro. Uh, yeah. Knock some wisdom into you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Shut up. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, sir. I'm ready. Genesis Wait. Nine. You just going straight to 
I'm gonna stop. So I'm gonna read fourteen through seventeen. What right? about thirteen? What about? Let's just read. <clears throat> okay, nah, you right. Fourteen through seventeen, and then you'll read the explanation after I uh, I read out this. Cool. All right, all right. Verse fourteen. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés. Wait, we need to explain who Lot is. We're gonna explain who Lot is. Oh, we're gonna do it after the scripture. Yes, sir. You have it, right? I mean, you have it. Okay. Yeah. So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, Quick, get out of the city. The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young man thought he was only joking. At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. I didn't know that was a word. Insistent? Hmm. I mean, insist is a word. Yes, but I didn't know insistent was a word. It's just a different tense. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hurry, he said to Lot. Take your wife and your daughters and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still had when Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed out and rushed them to safety outside of the city, for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the two angels ordered Run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Let's get into it. Mark that. Okay, so... So, I need to explain who Lot is. My bad. Lot was Abraham's nephew. Yes. And as we read in the previous podcast, who Abraham was, this is... We didn't explain. His nephew. We did. Did we? We talked about Sarah and Abraham and how they had... No, we didn't talk about... Oh, maybe we did. We did. We, did. we didn't read his bio, though. Okay. But it's all right. Explanations, sir. Lot's character is revealed by his choices. Uh, he took the best share of the land, even though it was meant... Oh, even though it meant living near Saddam, a city known for its sin. Uh, he was greedy, wanting the best for himself without thinking about his uncle Abram's uh, needs or what was fair. Life presents a series of choices we, too can choose the best while ignoring the needs and feelings of others. But this kind of choice, as as Lot's life shows, leads to problems. When When we stop making choices in God's direction, our only option is to make choices in the wrong direction. Good pasture and available water seemed like a wise choice to Lot at first, but he failed to recognize the wicked Saddam could provide temptation strong enough to destroy his family. Have you chosen to live or work in a Saddam? Mm. Even though you may be strong enough to resist the temptations, other members of your family may not. While God commands us to reach people in the Saddam near us, we must be careful not to become like the very people we are trying to reach. That leads us into what you just read, sir. Genesis chapter 9, verse 16. Lot hesitated, so the angel seized his hand and rushed him to safety. Lot did not want to abandon the wealth, position, and comfort he enjoyed in Saddam. It's easy to criticize Lot for being hypnotized by Saddam when the choices seem so clear to us. 
To be wiser than Lot, we must see that our hesitation to obey may stem from the false attraction of our culture's pleasures. True. Environment. We always choose not to change because we are enjoying the sinful life. And when God calls us to change and to act out of the ordinary in other people's eyes, which is God's will, we're like hesitant. Well, what about the people who don't know, like... That their lifestyle is sinful. What do you mean? Um, so it's, so for someone who understands like what sin is and why Jesus died for it, I feel like it's very like straightforward what we just read. But for someone who doesn't understand like what sin is, mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't know if they're living a lifestyle of sin by choosing their culture. They wouldn't know that. Right, right. So, so what is sin? Basically, it's anything that God says is disobedient. And that can go into a whole other podcast, which we should do. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we need, like, a whole podcast to explain sin. But in a very short, short general, general sense, sense. You said sin is not being obedient to God. Yeah. And his, what? His laws? Basically, I'm gonna put it like this. His lifestyle. What's your purpose in life? You personally. Me personally? Like, detailed or like, just in general? We're just cutting straight to Oh, point. straight to the point? Yeah. Serve God. So, and so, what do you do when you serve God and what do you not do when you serve God Uh, when I'm serving God I try to live a life as a life under his obedience and his laws as much as possible Mm -hmm. Um, and what do you not do that that doesn't serve God Uh, for example lying Mm -hmm. adultery fornication which everything related to sex before marriage um so those things that you just mentioned Rage. are what keep us um, from serving God, you know? Okay. Those things are what, like, make us hesitant to change. Like, for example... Even, like... Yeah, mm-hmm. go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Like, fornication might be good, of course. Sex. Yes. <laughs> straight. We're going straight, straight to, to the it. point. <laughs> Sex is very good. For some, I've never experienced it. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Why are you laughing? They say, <laughs> they say it's good, you know? And that's why... I, Wait, who said it's good? <laughs> who are you talking about? <laughs> We're not going to get into it. I thought we were going yeah, to It's direct. good. It's good. Even the Bible tells us sex is good. It's the most powerful thing that we can experience. It's the most pleasurable thing that Physically. is Physically. Yeah. And that's why it's hard for people. And that's why people hesitate from stopping... From stopping to have sex, you know. Although it's a sin, people feel like, you know. It's the best sin? It's the best sin. And God can forgive you, you know, I can let it slide. But no, you have to take account for every time you've had sex in your life. I mean, he will forgive you. He already has. Okay, so what you're... Past, president... President? (laughs) Shut up! Past, (laughs) president... I can't speak! Past, present, and future... God has forgiven us for those True, sins. but God may forgive you, but you have to take account for every sin that you've committed in your life. 
when but we don't know what that looks like no we do how god will just judge you everyone judges you we don't care about people's judgment though unless you live in for the why country. are you why are you so why are you talking about sex indirectly what do you mean it's because you care about some individuals judgments it could be a mom it could be a dad it could be a little brother just saying bro you don't care that's bs we all care about someone's judgment who someone we value exactly exactly i mean yeah but you honor your parents which is why you value them exactly but which is does why that I... mean you, sh- you should lie because <laughs> that's the sin. we said it hold on hold on this is not going we in. talking about lifestyles sinning environments right mm-hmm. so by honoring your parents you want to lie about what about god though god because god's hurt just now <laughs> i'm just saying bro all no you're right you're right you're right. right you're right be honest sex is good but it's it's bad if you're not married you know because as god intended for sex to be was for married couples you know what i'm saying imagine like just imagine sex without that guilt that you may feel right afterwards right mm-hmm. imagine what it's like that makes sense to have sex that god approves of mm-hmm. i can't imagine but i want but to. also don't get married just to have sex you know what i'm saying just to be like oh i'm not having sex in sin you know that's another whole different topic oh well okay so we Getting can talk about for the right reason we can talk about footholds Okay. Okay. Footholds, right? The devil relies on footholds, things that we can't let go, um, that slightly leave the door open. Mm-hmm. He relies on those things so that he can tempt us to stray away from God, mm-hmm. being obedient to God, things like that. So say, for example, right? The example that um, Junior just gave was, you want to experience sex without sinning, well, just get married. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to get married, okay? Right. You're going to have sex, <laughs> right? A whole lot of it. But you're getting married for the wrong because reason. you can't control your sexual tem- your sexual desires. Um, temptations, your desires, right? So even though yes, you're getting married, you're not sinning no you're not you're no longer committing sexual sins. Now let's look at let's look at your heart, right? Yeah. Okay. Is your heart changing? No. Before you get in that marriage. No. Okay. So what does that mean? That means that you're still your library, right? Like right. what you feed your mind is still filled with those sexual, lustful, uncontrollable desires, thoughts, memories, imaginations, actions, like all those things. So eventually like that's gonna overpower you yeah because it already is first of all if you get you get married because you you can't you know wait contain that exactly so those can those desires are already controlling you right and those desires are already in your heart so what that means is that that i mean that leads to cheating bro Exactly. Because your wife's not going to be enough. So, yeah, that, which is what I was trying to explain That's as well. That's why you need to die before we even, come on. 
commit. Die. Yeah. Come on. And you know, we need to accept that sex virginity is very important, vital. Because many people who get married are like, you know what, my husband doesn't satisfy me. Well, that was not the point for sex in the first place. Because, hear me out. Explain. Sex was made by God for couples to explore each other. Marriage. So what? Yeah, married couples. Right. So how would you know if someone doesn't satisfy you if you've never had sex before you were married? Right. Because it's like, you know, and that's why God is like, don't have sex before marriage. Because if you because once you have it and you get into a marriage with someone else who is not that first sexual partner, you will feel like they're robbing you of pleasure. Or you would compare exactly to something that wasn't even given by God. And when you don't get it, it's going to eat you up, which leads you to cheating. Right. So, yeah. That's why, like, God is like, don't have sex before marriage. Not that he's trying to punish us, but it's for our own benefit because he knows how weak and how tempted, foolish we are. Right. You know? Yeah. Environment. (laughs) It's important. Yeah. Even who you sleep with. You shouldn't be sleeping. It's important. You shouldn't be sleeping with anyone besides your wife. Nah, but the people who are having sex before marriage... It's important who you sleep with. Like, you know that saying. Them soul time. Exactly. The saying that we always hear in our co- our culture is like, oh, it's just sex. Right. Like, it's never just sex. Like, sex is tied to all these Spiritual. different things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's way more than just our body. You're joining forces. Exactly. You taking things from them, they're taking things from you. You're giving things to them that you don't even know. Exactly. About, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then you, you know... You're thinking, like, in the future, like, why am I so messed up? It's like, you keep giving things exactly. to people, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you don't even know, like, what your problem is. What you're missing, or that you're empty, which is what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Spiritual detox is important. Very important. Get rid of all those preconceived thoughts on how... My wife needs to satisfy me this way, or my husband needs to do this, do right, that. Right, right. And I deserve Preferences. this. I deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. All that. All that. Yeah. How? It's like how... Unlearning these things. How can we know what's best for us if we don't even... Con- we can't even control our own future. Exactly. It's like we can only control so much. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah, we need, there's a lot to unlearn. It's a lot. Environment. Mm-hmm. Environment. And learning is important. Also, um, you were going to mention, looking back at our past, Sarah turned into dust. We're going to read on it. Oh, I thought we already did. Nah. It's coming. It's where, is, where is it? Verse 25 to, um, to 26. So do you want to just go there? I mean, right 23 now? to 20, 26. Yeah, let me read. Wait, are you reading to that part? Yeah. Oh, okay. From verse 23. Okay. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom, on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them, along with the other cities, villages, and villages off the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife 
looked back as she was following him behind, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Mm. Yep. What did you say earlier? Like, what if we looked at our past? Yeah. Like, Let's think of our past as death, basically. Right. Because if we dwell on it, like, who's this guy? I mean, this lady. Lot's wife. Right. She was dwelling on, oh, what happened back there? Or, I mi- like, in our times, I miss my ex. I miss what she used to do to me, you know? Right. All those things. I miss the memories. I miss our conversation. Exactly. I miss his company, yeah. her company. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. It's okay to miss things, but don't act upon those feelings of missing those things. Or even just dwell so much in the past that yeah. you can't even see what's right in front of you. Exactly. Or where you're going. Or maybe God has a better person for you, but you keep on going back to that toxic. I mean, he does, because, like... Of course. Um, what, what, what is it? Um, the reason why they're an ex is because they're an example. Mm-hmm. Redefine TV. Exactly. They're an example of what it, what it looks like. To or, not have what God has intended for you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, if we looked at our past, like, death, mm-hmm. a lot of people would be dead, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. Dang. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Oh, you mean if we looked at our past and this happened? Yeah. Like, what happened to Lot's wife? Yeah. People would be dying all over. I'm t- uh, yeah, and I'm speaking about, like, past that, like... Say, like, um, you grew up in an environment that was very traumatic. Mm-hmm. You, it wasn't in your control. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad... Brother, sister, drugs, alcohol, whatever, or um, just traumatic in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, those aren't the only ways uh, people can be traumatic, but or relationships can be traumatic or experiences, or whatever. But um, yeah. say like you grew up in some traumatic environment, right? Yes, that environment will shape you, mm-hmm. right? But it's also a choice on how that environment shapes you. Because once you leave... Your attitude. Right. Your attitude and perspective. Once you leave, why are you still Dwelling choosing yeah. to hold on or to um, be shaped by those things? Especially if those things don't bring you joy. Joy, right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like It's like God is giving you an opportunity to be set to find peace. To move and you're forward. Like, nah, I still, like, nah, I, I still can't let go of this. Right. <laughs> and it's like... If you can't forgive your brothers and sisters, how can you expect God to forgive you? Exactly. Yeah. And that will get people ticked off. And it also leads to fishing, right? Like, what does it mean to fish for people? And then you fish for things that will... That is like your past. Exactly. Like, nah, not even like that. Like, you'll fish for things that will make you feel good about dwelling on your past. And then you'll fish for people who will be like, nah, you have a right to feel like that. You right. have, you're entitled to feel like that because of what you went through. But no, you know, if God is giving you an opportunity to move on, take it. Right. And then don't choose to depress yourself or right. stress yourself about things that were not even in your control. Exactly. I feel like, you know, so 
I feel like the reason why people take people don't take the opportunity to move forward and to let go and to forgive is because if they take all these worldly opportunities, they don't have to change. Right. They don't have to move on. Mm-hmm. They don't have to let go. They don't have to forgive. Mm-hmm. They don't have to purge. Like right. none of that stuff. They can stay the same. Uh, they don't have to ascend uh, from their past, exactly. but they can still get all this worldly right. ascendance, right. which to God means nothing. Exactly. And what do I want to say? Oh, and the reason why people choose not to to keep on dwelling on the past and trauma is because they feel like they didn't get the... um forgiveness that they deserve you know or closure yeah closure yeah that's the word the closure yeah and it's not always gonna work in your favor you know you you just have to accept that it you have to move on right you you might not get closure exactly but if you are seeking closure go to god exactly yeah that's the only way bro it is but no, we wanna. We want the answers. Yeah, we wanna feel like nah. I need to know why this happened. I need to know exactly. how. I need to know this that. We just need to accept that only God knows. Right. And that's that. And we also need to choose to move above our past. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't but, let it dictate us. But it also, I can understand like someone saying like it's also not that easy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So say like you and your mom or you and your dad's relationship is not good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's easier, I feel like, someone could say it's easier to move on from someone who's not a part of your life. Your life. But someone who is like your mother, your father. It's like sometimes you have to revisit some of the past so that you can move forward. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're still trying to... some Like some things you need to talk about. You know what I'm saying? You need to address... So that you can move forward. You know what I'm saying? Because if you don't try, then you don't know like whether you should let that person go. And that's go. the thing. You should try to right. mend those bridges. Exactly. Exactly. But no, Because if you don't try, then you're not giving yourself room to move You're on. just letting your pride be like, nah. Or like, pain. I deserve this. Yeah. I'm entitled to yeah. Or the pain that you feel to dictate how you act. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fishing? Yeah. Fishing? Which is what? Matthew 4, verse 18. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Alright. Wait, hold on. I'm ready. All right. I tell you the truth. Whoa. Matthew. Oh, you're right. I'm on. My bad. My bad. My bad. Some fishermen follow Jesus. One day, Jesus, as Jesus was walking uh, along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and, oh, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. For they were fishing for a living. Jesus called out to them. Wait, why am I reading like this? <laughs> Jesus called out to them. Come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Alright, so what does this mean? 
all right? Um, these men already knew Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, he had talked to Peter and Andrew previously and had been preaching in that area. When Jesus called them, they knew what kind of man he was and were willing to follow him. Jesus told Peter and Andrew to leave their fishing business and begin fishing for people, helping others to find God. Jesus was calling them away from their productive trade to be productive spiritually. We all need to fish for souls if we practice Christ's teaching and share um, the good news with others. We will be able to draw those around us to Christ like a fisherman who pulls fish into his boat with nets Mm. or her boat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Fishing for the right people is basically choosing who you let into your life, who you, who you want to bring into your net. Who you want to bring close to God. Yeah. And your life. Right. Because when you fish, you need a net. Right. So it's who you're going to put in your net. Right. And if you hold on to the past, you're still allowing if you those put, fish to be in your net. Exactly. If you're still holding on to it. If you put people in your life who will make you keep dwelling on the past and tell you that you have a right to feel this way instead of moving on, of course you will still feel the, the same way you feel. You right. Know? You won't progress. You will regress instead. For sure. Yeah. And choosing the right people to be in your life, that's how you will grow spiritually because we chose each other. Well, God chose us to be with, the, with each other to be able to even do this podcast. You right. know what I'm saying? For sure. To spread the word. So the people who you let into your life will bring in ideas into your life that can either bring you closer to God or not. Right. So it's important to fish for the right people. Right. Yeah. And fishing for the right people can be different for a believer and a non-believer. A believer will fish for more Christ-like individuals who have chosen to live a life for him, for his kingdom, and representation of his his um, kingdom. Mm-hmm. But others, you know what I'm saying, um, who don't believe in God might fish for business partners or like they might fish for successful people or influencers who will give or, them validation exactly who will give them validation but you also have to understand we only need god's validation because people are not perfect so if you chase for people's validation you'll never be enough oh yeah because you will never be fulfilled right because um You'll be, you'll be seeking validation from people who are imperfect. But what the Bible teaches us is that God is perfect. If we seek him, God gives us a chance to save us from our imperfections. And that we're already perfect. Mm-hmm. And we're not perfect. We're not perfect. But God is perfect. And if we seek him, um, what? If we seek him, what? <laughs> <laughs> What is he saying? 
He says a lot. No, if we seek God, if we seek his validation, that's the only perfect person we know. So if, or he, if God validates us, God, yeah, God will validate us and accept us and love us. Enjoy. But it's difficult to expect peace from people who may not even be at peace themselves. Exactly. Come you know on. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Just a perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Everything we're saying is perspective. Yeah. Not that we're saying that this is the right way. It's just like a different outlook. It's God's on way. On how to look at it. God's way. Yeah. 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 Definitely, bro. Um, what else do we have? Emptiness. Are we addressing that? Yes, sir. Today? Yes, sir. What are the, what are the verses? There is Deuteronomy. 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 Mm-hmm. Not empty words. They are your life. Uh, job. Job. The northern sky over empty space. Mm-hmm. Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Not to be a place of empty chaos. Let me know if any of these sound interesting. The um, one you sent me is interesting. Was it Jerusalem? No, Chet. <laughs> nah, G E R or J E R. Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was empty and formless. Luke, um, write it down. To save you from the empty write life. Write that one down. The rich jump. What about to save you from an empty life? That too. All right. So that's just two, two more. I thought it was Jerusalem, bro. <laughs> Good lord. Verse twenty-four. What do you mean? What's the matter, Micah? Mika replied, you, <laughs> you've taken away all the gods I have made and my priest, and I have nothing left. Interpret that. If God takes away everything from your life, let's say like the tangible things in your life, could you still find joy in him? And that's a question for everyone, you know. If God can strip you of everything you have, can you still be like, God, you know what? I love you. If you're naked. Nakedness. Right. If you're stripped naked, can you still find joy in God? Like Job. Job got everything taken away from him, but he still praised God. Oh, we're going to read about Job. A word. Yeah. All right. Gonna... Yeah. Yeah. See how I segued into that? I like that. <clears throat> Micah had made idols and hired a priest to run his personal religion. When the men of Dan, or is it Don? When the men of Dan took his idols and priests, nothing remained. Mm. What an empty spiritual condition. Mm. An idol is anything that takes God's place in a person's life. Let's think about wait, wait, wait. Some people, don't just breeze through, Pat. Let's explain it, bro. What are the idols in our lives? Our phones, our friends, whatever music we listen to, you know? Social media. <laughs> I mean, for you, maybe. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, if God takes all that away from us, 
How? Wow, that hits. An idol is anything that takes exactly. last place in a person's life. Exactly. Let me keep reading. Some people invest all their energy in pursuit of money, success, possessions, or a career. If these idols are taken away, only an empty shell is left. The only way to protect yourself against such loss is to invest your life in the living God, whom can never lose. Mm. All knowing, mm. all abundant. Come on. Yes, sir. So, yeah. How important... We need to identify the idols in our lives. Right. Like, how important is it for you to never lose? <laughs> so, can you survive without porn? I can. Can you? Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? But, yeah, th- these are the questions we should ask. It's like, time. can you survive without money? Yes, you can, because at one point... You didn't have any. Can you serve? Charles bro, I'm just being honest, bro. Right. Let's talk. Like, can you survive without this partner or this ex that you feel like you can't survive without? You've survived before they can reach exactly. your life. Come on, that's everything. People, are you telling that you're my everything? I can't live without you. Right. Lies. Right. Cap. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. So how much? The real question is like how much are these things really worth and why do we value them so high? And is it because culture teaches us to value these things high? Like that's material all culture teaches money. I mean power. Culture teaches love too. What love? Not that godly love. Not that patient love. What about black love? <laughs> what is that, bro? bro the Bible teaches Unconditional, universal love, right? This is Job chapter 15, verse 31. Let them no longer fool themselves by trusting in empty riches, for emptiness will be their only reward. Money will only be a reward if you chase after it. And the sad part is, is money dies when you die. Exactly. So. Unless you, even if you want to address the whole idea of wealth being generational wealth right like Mm -hmm. we're not gonna be here so how much can we really control how that money is gonna be you can't control like where is it gonna go who's gonna use it oh you know well you're not gonna be here so how much do you really know exactly you know what i'm saying i mean yeah strive for it but don't let that be your god or your you know what i'm saying your idol yes sir Mm. Whatever you chase that is like earthly will only will like be a reward. Nothing beyond that when you die, you know. Right. What's next? Luke, Peter? I don't know, you have the verses. Let's visit uh Luke chapter one verse fifty three. One verse fifty three you said. Yes, sir. It says, He has filled the hungry with good things and he and sent the rich away with empty hands. Mm. So, what I'm getting from that is if you claim that your wealth is everything you need, then God won't give you anything more. But those who hunger for Him, who strive for him, he will 
provide endless right if you only see god in one dimension yeah or you don't or you don't even see him at all right (laughs) that's all he's gonna be exactly you know what i'm saying like if you only see god like this now i'm going back to redefine tv if you only see god when you sin then god will only be that you know what i'm saying or if you depend on God when you're sick, he will only give you that. But if you seek him and his, and his wholeheartedly. abundance wholeheartedly, he'll give you everything. Yes, sir. I'm proud of you, bro. Bro. Finally can speak. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like that. Uh, Peter. First Peter. Chapter 1, verse 18. Which says... First Peter, chapter 1, verse 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold and silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spot, the sinless spotless lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But now, in the last days, he has revealed for your, for your sake. That is very important. Yes. Why Jesus is revealed to us. It, that in itself, bro, says a lot about mm-hmm. the timeline that we're at. Right. Because he says that in the last days, everything will be revealed. And mm-hmm. he's revealing everything right now. Which also means that Jesus being sacrificed was not... It was, it, was, it was planned. Oh, yeah. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart, for you have been born again. But not to, be, but not to a life that quickly will end. Your, life, your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Come on. As the scriptures say, people are, are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Yes, sir. And the word is the good news that was preached to you and I. Sincere love involves selfishness or selfless. My bad. Sincere love what involves. Bible you read. <laughs> sincere love involves selfless giving. A self-centered person can't truly love. Mm. God's love and forgiveness free you to take your eyes off yourself and to meet others' needs. By sacrificing his life, Christ showed that he truly loves you and all of us. Now you can um, love others by following his example and giving and giving of yourself sacrificially. Mm. Uh, quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6 through 8. Peter reminds believers that everything in this life, possessions, accomplishments, people will eventually fade away and disappear. Only God's will, his word, and his work are permanent. We must stop grasping the temporary and begin focusing our time, money, and energy on the permanent. The Mm. word of God and our eternal life in Christ. Amen. Amen.